All right, everyone. Welcome back to the We Just Talk Wrestling podcast. Kyle, Dylan, and Christian back at it with another episode continuing the celebration of black and gold with NXT TakeOver at the end. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms and give us a five-star rating if you could. But Dylan, what happened in WWE this week? All right. So before we dive into the weekly show, my news story this week uh, broke today, actually, uh, a little bit before we started recording. And I figured, well, I think we should talk about this. Um, Liv Morgan of the WWE has been arrested for possession of marijuana, apparently, um, in Florida. She has been out of action since July, and she already posted bond. She's already released. WWE has yet to comment or release a statement or any way. I assume a suspension is coming. Yeah. I've seen a lot of things in this short amount of time saying that she could potentially be let go um, since they're currently working you know, a TV deal for Raw and maybe the bad press, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I think she's just going to get suspended. Um, but yeah, Liv Morgan, um, reportedly, uh, um, arrested late last night, uh, yeah, according so to this, it, around 10 it, p.m. It said that she had like, I know, I mean, I, I'm definitely not the person to talk about this, like 20 grams or something like that with her. Um, so I, I listen, like Liv Morgan's not someone, if she wasn't on her TV, we'd be complaining about, I mean, she's just, and let's just be completely honest here. Um, and then, you also think about like what happened to Jimmy Uso. Remember, he got the DUI, and then he was yeah. brought back fairly quickly. I don't even remember him getting a suspension. Oh. So I think he I did. Think so. Maybe the I think it happened to him twice. Maybe the first time or something like that happened. So we're just kind of have to like wait and see what happened. I don't expect much, but um, I, I I do think it could affect her future plans because obviously. She might even have been in the Mania match chat. You know, the Mania match involved with maybe yep. Becky and Rhea. Who knows if that's going to happen now? It, who knows if that was the plan all along? But um, I, I do think maybe more long-term, it's going to affect her more so than the short-term. Yep. Yeah. Christian? Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate for her because say what you want about her as a wrestler. Never want to see anybody have to deal with it. But, I mean, she did it to herself. And um, yep. as far as... Whether or not she'll get suspended, released, I don't think she'll get released because I told a friend this earlier. How many chances did Jeff Hardy get? I get um, different management. I get that, but he got chance after chance after chance after chance. So if this is her first offense, I don't, I don't even see really a suspension for her. I think they just keep her written off for a while. Just like, I mean, how how would a suspension work since she's already injured anyway? Like she's already off TV. You would just add would to just, it. You would just would add you, to whatever plan. Like if you, you if if it's the rumble, then you would just add time to that. Yeah. Would you do that, or would you just basically give her a month without pay? Because there's no reports yeah. suggesting she's even going to be ready for the rumble. I know that's what a lot of people are predicting. But and um, as far as what Kyle said about maybe long term plans get altered, wouldn't be the first time WWE had done something like that. Remember 2006. RVD was WWE champion mm-hmm. and got busted for, for marijuana possession and, and a DUI. They stripped him of the title, wrote him off TV for a month because he had to serve his 30 day. And then when he came back, do you remember RVD wrestling for world titles? Nope. He was one of the hottest things in WWE in 2006. Remember that. 
and he was positioned well. And like mm. Liv Morgan will be fine. I don't think, like like Christian said, I don't even see a su- suspension potentially coming. I think that's the worst that will happen if anything happens. But but maybe Kyle's right. Maybe mm. oh, we had this plan for WrestleMania. Well, maybe now she's just in a backstage segment. You know, something like that could happen. Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Go ahead. So real quick, we do have some breaking news. Um, and it does look like Charlotte Flair is going to be out till next September with injury. Wow. So she will miss the Royal Rumble. She's going to miss Mania, and she's going to miss SummerSlam. So that this... uh, that is big time news. That is that's like plan altering like news for that's WWE. gonna that's gonna alter some Mania plans for sure. Yes. That, yep. So well, Jade's that, that is well. That is Jade. Jade is basically now free to work f- anyone. I, now I don't. It has to be Bianca at this point. I mean, yeah. If, unless if Jade's do, even going to yeah. be at Mania, yeah, I mean, we don't know. At least have, maybe have now. No idea. Maybe now you just take her. You know, take her off. But we got a lot to get to tonight. So don't want you. Um, All right. Start. So let's talk about Monday Night Raw. First thing, uh, Bronson Reed defeated Ivar with a superplex um, to win the big hoss fight on Raw. So Rhea good. Ripley. Also, just completely demolished Max. <laughs> if you could call this a match, I don't know, but it was just littered with botches and and I don't Maxine know something was is off. Not ready. Yeah. Maxine not ready. is great at the role that she's in. She's just, I think, far too green in the ring, but she will get better. Yeah. Um, with time, um, there was a interaction between Becky Lynch and Nia Jax. Becky Lynch, for whatever reason, is trying to rekindle a feud that no one really wants to see. From five years ago, um, these guys are going to have a match. There's no yeah. no doubt about that. Um, do we care to see Nia Jax versus Becky Lynch? This I, absolutely not. I, I personally don't. While I've been a supporter of Nia Jax, yeah, maybe not as much as Kyle since she's been back. Um, I don't really care to see this. No, no, I don't either. Um, things that I do want to see more of. We had six man tag action between Imperium. Uh, DIY and their mystery partner, which was revealed as the Miz. We all um, is going to be the Miz. Yeah, obviously yeah. DIY gets a pop. Johnny being from <laughs> Cleveland, Raw going from Cleveland, and the Miz obviously makes sense to be the third choice. Um, after the match, oh, excuse me, DIY and the Miz do pick up a victory here. Um, Gunther, or excuse me, Walter whew, was not pinned. And I found out an interesting stat. Only he and Rhea Ripley apparently have not taken a pin in 2023. Hmm. Interesting. Talk about, talk about good long-term booking. Um, he did not take the pin here, by the way. After the match, The Miz demands a title shot, one more shot at the IC title. Walter agrees on the condition that if he loses, scratch that when he loses, as he put it, um, he can never challenge for the title while Walter is champion. It's not the first time this stipulation has happened. We know Walter's not dropping the title to The Miz. I know The Miz is white hot right now, and WWE reportedly backstage is going to ride with whatever momentum's going mm. on and not going to keep things so concrete. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they pulled the trigger, but I just don't see it happening. Um, Drew McIntyre defeated Jay Uso in singles action with the Claymore. Uh, this was set up by McIntyre digging the finger in the eye of Jay Uso. So, I mean, if if there were some people still doubting that Drew was a heel, uh, I mean, yep, just I mean, watch he this. did the he did this. So, um, yeah. Um, and in the main event, 
Cody Rhodes and Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, very entertaining bout here back and forth. And kind of as Kyle predicted, I don't think he expected this to be the first match, though. Mm-hmm. It ends in a DQ. Yep. Um, Cody goes for the crossroads. As he goes to make the turnover, Nakamura counters. Red mist into the face. Ref calls for the bell. Obviously, there's more to do here. Kyle thought that maybe you do that in the second match or, or, or something later down the road, yeah. I think was your prediction. I kind of like that it is the first one. It gives us a reason to have a second match. I think if Cody won clean, yeah, you could do the Nakamura as a sore loser thing, but that's kind of done and over with. It's, it's, it's been done so many times. You're not going to have Nakamura beat Cody clean. No. I think this is the only way to have the first match. Now you set up something bigger and better. I think there's already a match announced. Madison Square Garden, uh, December 26th. Yeah, Madison Square Garden, which I think is a strap match. Um, Bull rope, but yeah, same concept. Yeah. Um, No word if that's going to be televised or not. I assume it's just going to be a a live event for those at Madison Square Garden. But there are rumors that they're going to have a bigger blow-off match at the end of December. Um, So we'll see where this goes. There is one thing I want to talk about on Monday Night Raw before I move on to SmackDown really quick. CM Punk, everyone's favorite, shows up on the, uh, to top off the, or excuse me, to lead off the second hour of Raw. The big storyline here is which brand is he going to sign with as he continued to tease that it could be SmackDown, could be NXT. He has ultimately decided to stay on Monday Night Raw. Shakes Adam Pierce's hand, signs the contract. Who do you think comes out, guys? Now that <laughs> now that Punk is a member of exclusive member to Monday Night Raw, out comes Monday Night Raw's world champion Seth Rollins, and he basically cut the same promo Adam Page did before that match ever happened. Yeah. I'm not saying it was not a good promo; it was a great promo. It was better, but it's kind of, kind of, kind of the same tone, kind of the same message. Hey, you're not welcome here. And I'm going to, you know, you try to tear this down while you were gone. And, and I'm here to protect the WWE from you. You're not going to tear this down, blah, blah, blah. And then Punk gets on the mic and basically says, while we're making things official, let's make things more official here. Um, I'm declaring for the Royal Rumble, blah, blah, blah. And then he looks Seth in the face and he's like, and maybe I'll face you. And then end of segment. Very, very well done. Um, I loved Seth's promo. I love that Punk didn't rebuttal with a 10-minute response of his own. Um, I like that his response was kind of short and sweet and basically to the point. Um, When this match happens, I don't know how good the quality is going to be because Punk's matches in AEW were hit or miss. Rollins will do his best to carry, and it'll be perfectly fine. But I'm excited, more excited about the build. Because it's pretty much confirmed now, without confirming. Yeah. Punk's winning the Rumble, and he's facing Rollins at WrestleMania. That's your night yeah. one main event. Yeah. Easy. Easy money. You can just go ahead and start printing it now. Um, but yeah, that was Monday Night Raw. Let's move on to SmackDown real quick, because I don't know much about SmackDown, because unfortunately I was not able to watch it live. So you guys are going to fill in where I forget. Yep. United States Tournament. Uh, Carmelo Hayes was announced by Shawn Michaels earlier this week to be the NXT representative for the United States tournament. And he goes on to defeat Grayson Waller and moves on to the next round. Also, Kevin Owens defeated Austin Theory 
in their first round matchup. So the next matchup is going to be Kevin Owens versus Carmelo Hayes. Um, for those who aren't familiar with Carmelo, I've seen a little bit of his stuff in NXT. I think the guy is super talented in the ring. Um, and we're about to see really what he can do going against a true workhorse like Kevin Owens. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But what was that? He should win. Carmelo? Yes. Yeah, Owens is going to win the whole tournament, though. Uh, yeah, my, my prediction from the start has been Owens winning the tournament since LA Knight's not in it. Um, but why not do a swerve and have Carmelo win face Logan Paul? I think that'd be a fine match. And then you you get you get the you know Logan can easily pick up a win. I don't think it hurts Carmelo too much. No, for for bigger picture stuff, and then you can set up LA Knight and Logan Paul for WrestleMania. I think ultimately you're just getting Paul to Mania, and there's got to be a stop yeah. in between. And uh, why not have Carmelo Hayes and him put on a nice 15 minute match at the Royal Rumble? And I don't think elevate, it's a bad move. It elevates Carmelo too. Still. Yeah, even and you know, uh, yeah, and, and you know he's he's not called up to the main roster. I think right. this is just kind of testing the waters backstage for WWE to see what he can do. Why not have an upset win against Kevin Owens and and really potentially make a new star? I'm not against that, but I do think Owens will win ultimately. Yeah. Uh, also on SmackDown, the Kabuki Warriors defeated the team of Selena Vega and Mia Yim in tag action. Also, Randy Orton defeated Jay Uso in singles action. Based on what I'm reading here, uh, both the opening segment and the main event were flooded with a lot of story here. Oh, yeah. Um, so if you guys want to take over and fill in the gaps, now is your chance. Yeah, so basically, you know, Orton was like, you know, obviously Rome came out first and Orton came out. Basically, it was the unofficial challenge for the title at uh, at the Royal Rumble, Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton. That's ultimately that the match are going to go. Um, so, you know, everything, you know, was official. And then Jay did a really, dude, or sorry, Jimmy did a really hilarious segment backstage, set up the match with Orton. Actually a pretty solid match. Some of the Jimmy matches, the main event ones have been okay. I thought this one was actually pretty entertaining. Um so Orton wins, uh, you know, Solo comes out as they're still having the match. LA Knight, you know, comes to rebuttal. Um, and then at the very end, I, I know you're going to get to this, but um, AJ Styles comes out, you know, to help LA Knight and, uh, and Randy Orton to make a three-on-three. And then out of nowhere, AJ turns on LA Knight. So maybe it's just a jealousy thing. Um, Orton and Roman are going to be busy doing for a little bit. So why not do an AJ uh, LA Knight kind of a uh, little mini program? Yeah. So you do that, and um, Christian, I don't know if you said, did you see the uh, the Karrion Cross thing? Yes, the vignette. So it was his vignettes are just stupid good. Oh. Um, so good. I don't know if you kind of saw like there is like a shadow back there. Mm-hmm. To me. It looks like it's going to be Cross Scarlet, Paul Ellering, and Authors of Pain. That's what it's looking like to me, Dylan. What what would you potentially think about that? I mean, I remember when you told me that Authors of Pain were yeah potentially coming back to WWE. I know nothing official has happened. So, again, we're just speculating here. Um, Instantly, I thought, well, they're not going to let those guys just run alone, although it would be great, especially with Paul Ellering. Um, I don't think. If AOP is coming back to WWE, I don't think Paul is going to be with them, considering Scarlett's kind of already the manager. 
she was kind of, but he was, I mean, it looks like he was the shadow in the vignette though. So it looks yeah. like he is coming. Maybe. Um, yeah. But I think, I think pairing that team up with cross um, and developing a little stable that's, there. Yeah. I think that's, that's potential money right yeah. there. Cause AOP was always much better when they were, they're never like a dark gimmick, but when they're just viewed as like brute heels and can kind of just do what they do. I thought there was a lot of potential when they were paired with Rollins back <laughs> during the pandemic and they never did they anything. Just ruined them. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I could dig it with, with what cross does. I think they're an easy fit um, as a pair for sure. And then we had an insanely, insanely, insanely good, um, damage control vignette. Yes. Um, it, they're just on fire right now. I, it's my favorite story, even more so than Punk Rollins. It's actually my favorite story in wrestling right now. I am just so uh-huh. beyond excited for this damage control thing. But, um, oh, man, it's going to be just a great payoff. But SmackDown, excellent show. Christian, what do you think? Yeah, SmackDown was incredible. And I'm right there with you. This damage control – wow. This damage <laughs> control stuff is – I'm always infatuated every time I watch SmackDown. I mean, who's going to turn on who? We don't know yet. And I'm, I've always sat and thought, when's Dakota Kai going to come back? That's what I'm excited for, if I'm being honest, when she comes back. Because, man, I really want to see that triple threat at WrestleMania. I think it needs to happen. I, I ultimately think they go one-on-one with Bailey and, e- and EO, and then they have... Dakota kind of in the like she'll be ringside obviously but she'll be kind of like in the background I said it a couple of weeks ago I was like just reform the Kabuki Warriors and have them win the titles at Mania then they come out after tonight yeah shit man that might, might actually happen so WWE Triple H I'm your guy man I'm calling all that shit so just come get me <laughs> the side, what the come on man one critique about WWE and it's a this tag division fucking sucks on the men's side. I cannot stand watching this tag division. It, what DIY? They're building. Is... They're they're building it. I think I think we're seeing. Oh yeah, I mean, kind it's, of the. It, it's not Dylan. It's not perfect. Obviously, they, no. they're a no. rebuilding football franchise right now. Like, yeah. remember how Vince had it? It was you know buried in the ground. Now we're slowly working up. There's a lot of new teams. There's, I mean, if you put the authors of pain. Uh, there was an NXT team apparently coming. Um, I can't remember their name. I sent it to Dylan. I just can't remember their name. But um, so we're gonna get some new teams. So well, listen. I, I I do think. And then you. I mean, you liked Imperium DIY. I did, but that's true. I, I'm more so talking about the main event tag tag divisions team. Yeah, that's just kind of up in the air until they split those titles. Unfortunately. And, yeah, I've got a mega hot take that's gonna rattle you guys. The main event men's tag division in WWE is the worst book thing in pro wrestling right now. That's all. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, so this is why we don't the, like yeah, Christian the talk w- unsupervised. Worse than the AEW women's division? Yeah. No, I'm talking men's tag divisions only. Well, that's not what you said. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. That's, what I'm <laughs> that's not what you said. However, WWE's tag champions are the Judgment Did Day. Did you see... Did and you see AEW? AE, sorry, go ahead, Dylan. Then I'll... Yeah, I was gonna say uh, it uh, on, on the WWE side. You have the Judgment Day, great team. 
Mm-hmm. Um, one of the best going right now. Great team. On the AEW side, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. I didn't know. I forgot they were a team. And I forgot you, they were champions. Did you see the um, incredible 10-star promo battle oh, they had yeah. with Jericho and Omega? The Winnipeg Jets. Oh, my God, dude. It was I, It was bad. I do. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it. You know, you know what? We'll talk about let's AEW. Just, let's just dive right in. Let's just go right in AEW, Christian. We got a lot to talk about. It's my turn now. Okay. Well, really quick before I actually do cover Dynamite, uh, there was some news that broke. I believe just today. Um, this is quick. I don't have the full story on it, but Kenny Omega is going to miss some extended period of time now due to a hernia he has. So um, very unfortunate. Wish him the best. Wish him a speedy recovery. Hopefully he can get back in the ring soon. Yeah, I miss him. I'm, I miss yeah. him already, and I just saw him on Wednesday. Right. Yeah, out out indefinitely was the report. Yeah, he's got that. Um, he's got some. Diver, got diverticulitis. It, it's yep. what Brock had. Yeah, diverticulitis. And it basically, Brock has kind of gone on record and said that it almost, it practically ended his UFC career. Yeah. Yep. That's right. So what's it going to do to him? You know, so we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully they get that figured out. And Yep, hopefully it just makes them stronger. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we'll see. So, really quick, uh, I watched about 10 minutes. Rampage got bored and turned it off. So I'm going to skip that. And we'll stick to Dynamite, which I'm not really looking forward to covering either. But Especially the tag segment. We got to talk the tag segment. <sighs> okay. So before we get there. We're going to start off with Adam Page defeated Roderick Strong after an altercation that got physical. The kingdom was ringside as Adam Page believes Roderick Strong is the devil. So, that's great booking right there, AW. I don't even know what the match happened. It was good. It was good. Yeah, it was good, but why did it happen? Um, Yep. Yeah. So we had a Continental Classic match between one of our favorite wrestlers, Andrade El Idolo, defeating Brody King to advance on in the Classic. Real good. Oh, yes. Andrade can just go on a different level. Brody King, hey, underrated worker, I think. Very underrated worker. Yep. Right guy won here, I think. We had the Golden Jets. (laughs) This Winnipeg is awesome. Jets. Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, the Winnipeg Jets, my ass. With the tag champions. Big... Ooh, dude, this was a heater. Yes. And... The better the better booked tag champion, Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Yeah, uh, I take that statement back. <laughs> yeah. oh, no, no, it lives in infamy now. Oh, it's out there now. Hey, if, if you said TNAs, I'm with you. But this? Ooh, dude, not. No. Let's talk about it. So, they. Oh my goodness! Where do I even begin with this? It was a W. It was a WWE yeah. Vince McMahon promo, especially with like all the shots they took towards uh, Bill and, of course, uh, Dylan's favorite wrestler Enzo Amore. I thought that was actually the best part of the whole. Segment. That that was the only good part of it. <laughs> but even that was like, yeah, all right, yeah, geez, yeah. Well, now just another yeah. WWE. Yeah. Very uh, Vincely booked promo. I I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yep. Let's move on. So, uh, WWE tag division is a better than AEW. <laughs> yeah. Right now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
So we had a returning Riho after missing months of action. This came, of course, after the time actor put her out of action, quote-unquote. She returned and came back to defeat Ruby Soho, proving once again that Ruby Soho doesn't matter. We had another time. She should, because she's good. I, I didn't really used to care for her, but she's grown on me. She's actually pretty good. Well, she got the bad stick in WWE. Yep. So, but that's Vince for you. Anyways, we have another Continental Classic match with Roosh defeating Jay Lethal. I don't know what Tony Jay Lethal. Um, yeah. I, does anybody understand? Like, is Lethal just there to take losses in this tournament? Yes. That, that yep. is the only reason why he's there. He's not going to win a match. He's just going to take every uh, single pin. That's yep. stupid if you ask me. Moving on and continuing the Continental Classic, Jay White defeated Mark Briscoe. And in the main event, John Moxley defeated Swerve, proving that John Moxley's probably going to win this whole thing. You think so? I I think I think that I mean it should have been Swerve. I, I thought it should have been Eddie, but I think that Swerve and Moxley in this match here, this should have been the like the actual finals. I don't know, that's just me, but I think Moxley winning this for me that tells me he's winning it. He doesn't need to, but we all know how this booking goes in AEW. He's going to win it. I think it should have been Swerve that won it. Well, I think they're going to have a semi-final rematch, so I guess Swerve can get him back. Hey, he's not going to. You really think he's going over Moxley? I could see it. I mean, he's hot right now. He is hot, but he should have won here. Dude, he is massively over with that crowd, too. The match- yeah, dude, Swerve, Swerve has world champion written all over him. Just oh, give it time. I would just, I would switch any plans you have, make him the devil, and have him win that title. Yeah. I'd do it. Yeah. I really would. I, I agree. And a Swerve-MJF feud? Whew. Do it right now. Yep. That would, that would be a different, like, I guess a different way of AEW booking the world title. They're not going to go there. They're going to go there like they always do, but. Swerve is a world champion feud with MJF. That's a money feud. That's a big money feud. But I, I do think Paul Joe is ultimately going to be the one that. You know, I don't, I don't stand this Adam Cole anymore. I don't know. Are you, are you going to touch on the last segment? That's all I have written down, unfortunately. Okay, so there was, so doing really quick, there was like a whole segment where Adam Page got beat up by the, the devils um, and they used broken glass. <clears throat> so are they, are they trying to throw us off or are they kind of hinting that it's Jack Perry? If it's I mean, the, Jack Perry, this is going to be one of the worst things of all time. I mean, the biggest rumor is that it's been Jack Perry. I do. Right. Dude, they cannot have this Jack Perry. They can not because what sense does it make? You have all of these guys gunning for MJF. What is, what's the reason why Jungle Boy would do it? I, like I oh, I've been watching trying to figure that out. I don't. I I I I, I now, if it's Kyle O'Reilly, okay. Well, you know he had ties with Adam Cole. Maybe he's yeah. even the better friend. I, at least you have something there. But oh man, it just can't be Jack Perry. Let's just say that. But um. Well, AEW's up and down this week. They did have some good, um, solid in-ring uh, work, though. But storytelling still makes no sense. No. Of course. And Riho's great. Yeah, at least Riho did come back. I was glad to see her, but 
Are they going to do anything with her? No. Yeah, you know, we'll just have to uh, wait and see with that one, Dylan. But more um, women matter in that division, Kyle. Yeah, I know. But maybe when you know, since uh, Jamie Hader's maybe supposed to be back soon, maybe here she'll change everything again. So who knows? But um, hopefully, you guys ready to move on? Yep. All right. So this week, I'm going to talk about MLW as they had their one-shot event last weekend. Mayu successfully defended her Princess of Princess title against Delmi Exo. Junai Kai fought off Maki Ito to retain her MLW Women's Featherweight title. Satoshi Kojima defeats Tom Lawler in singles action, as Alex Kane defeated Matt Cardona to keep his MLW World title. Really fun show. I do want to add that I think MLW could be next in line for a major TV deal. Because their product is skyrocketing. Hammerstone's back. It looks like Richard Holiday, Richard Holiday just came back, and he's next in line for Kane's title. The tag division has a lot of talent. The women's division is even getting better. So look out for MLW in uh, 224. But uh, Dylan, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this is this is a company that obviously you have been hammering home for quite some time. Yeah, it's a, yeah, probably uh, 2018. Prom- yeah. yeah, a promotion that we don't cover a super ton i think we've done one episode where we did a Mm -hmm. did a pay-per-view of theirs or a big event of theirs um which i have beef with still to this day uh but anyway yeah i think i think a tv deal would definitely very much help help this promotion for sure i mean there's there, there is a ton of talent um we talked about hammerstone not too terribly long ago um you know, we've we, with all the rumors of some people thinking that Carrying Cross is going to get future endeavored. Um, most of those people being Christian, he's not um, going to endeavor now. Um, him going to MLW would be huge, but why not? Why not a guy like uh, Dolph Ziggler, who's who's a big free agent? I think he could make some waves. Being being a a, a well known name, not necessarily talent level, although I think he is talented in the ring, mm-hmm. but. But name value alone would help that promotion. What about yeah. Ashwood? Yeah. Yo, yo, dude, 100%. I was thinking Mustafa Ali because he kind of yeah. fits MLW. Because <laughs> I think I think Ziggler's going to AEW no matter what. So yeah, he's I think – Brother. Yeah, exactly. So Dashwood, if, if they got like Dashwood and Ali and maybe one other name, who knows, man? That could be um, – that could be maybe they uh, the stepped into like – the next part of them maybe getting a big TV deal down the line. So we'll just have to wait and see. But um, you guys ready for the indies? Yep. Yeah. This week, I'll be highlighting New South Pro Wrestling based out of Hurtsell, Alabama. Talking about some of the action. Brandon Williams beat Marcus Dillon in a chairs match. The Kearneys beat Pretty Empowered in a tag team doors match. Donnie Primetime beat Harrison Hayes in singles action, but in the main event, Hunter Drake defeated Dylan McQueen to retain his new South title in an I quit match to cap off a very fun night of action. My MVP goes to Dylan McQueen. He is very impressive. He has a lot of charisma. He's got excellent ring presence, and people really need to keep their eye on him moving forward, so go check out New South Pro Wrestling on YouTube. Awesome stuff. We will share. be sure to tag both the promotion and Kyle's MVP on social media like we do every single week, so guys can give them a like and a follow. And if there's any promotions or wrestlers that you would like Kyle to feature as part of his indie segment, please send those suggestions our way via social media. All right. And you guys can still hear me all right, right? Yep. yep. All right, perfect. All right, Superstar Spotlight time. Dylan, what do you got? 
All right, my superstar spotlight goes to someone who has been featured on Raw as of late and is actually um, featured on a shelf of mine. I have her action figure. And uh, Chloe said, ah, you should pick her. My superstar spotlight is Tegan Knox. Um, Tegan Knox started wrestling back in 2013. She debuted for Attack Pro Wrestling. Um, spent quite some time there, became a multi-time champion. It looks like she was... Um, a tag team champion and a three-time 24-7 champion. Um, she also was the first female wrestler to compete for Fight Club Pro. Um, she also spent some time in Progress and Shimmer. Uh, she was the What Culture Pro Wrestling Women's Champion at one point, beating Bree, uh, excuse me, B. Priestley, uh, now known as Blair Davenport in WWE. Um, spent a little time in stardom in 2017 before officially being signed by WWE in 2017. She competed in the May Young Classic, obviously formed a tag team uh, with Dakota Kai. Try not to spoil a ton here because we'll get to some really cool stuff. And uh, we just lost Christian. <laughs> oh, did we really? Yeah, nice. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send him back real quick, but I'm going to keep talking. All right. Um, Obviously teamed up with Dakota Kai, and he's back. Uh, teamed up with Dakota Kai in NXT. Has dealt with some injuries over the years, um, but is still prominently featured on WWE TV. Most recently um, on the main roster, teaming with Natalia in the tag team division, trying to bolster WWE's uh, women's tag team division. And I believe she was a um, – was she a – no, they didn't win the tag titles in NXT. No. Never mind. Um but yeah, Tegan Knox, someone who has been bit by the injury bug too many times, but when she is healthy, she is a very, very good pro wrestler, one of Kyle's favorites. Um, so if you're not too familiar with Tegan Knox, please go give her a, a look up. Amazing wrestler. Uh, that is my spotlight this week. Yeah, she um, she has been through the ringer. She has quite the story, and uh, WWE on their YouTube page did like a whole thing about her story. So maybe once we get to that point next, Steve Dylan can or uh, Dylan and Christian both can go check it out because it is a phenomenal um, piece that they did there. And obviously, Tegan's great, and Natalia's there to help her uh, boost some yeah. crowd reaction. Yeah. So, uh, but Dylan, what do you got? Or uh, sorry, Christian, what do you got? Well, really quick, can I comment on Tegan Knox? Yeah. Yep. Um, well, it's more of a question. Am I mm-hmm. crazy or lose my mind? Didn't she have a main roster run like a couple years ago? Yeah, uh, vague. Uh, I think briefly in 2022, um, kind of off and on. It looks like in 2021 she made some SmackDown appearances as well um, in the tag division teaming with Shotzi. So that's probably yeah, what you remember. Yeah, it was very quick. Yeah. She teamed with Shotzi for yeah. a little bit, and then she got it was hurt. It wasn't going anywhere. Yeah. But now she was officially drafted to Raw in the past draft in, in the spring. So. Because yeah. when she, like, came back to Raw this year, I always said, like, I swear I've seen her wrestle on the main roster before. I thought I was going absolutely nuts. Yep. Yeah, she teamed with Shotzi. Okay, that's – okay. Wow, what a missed opportunity there with that team. But uh, – Yeah, I'm sorry. But uh, my uh, superstar spotlight this week goes to somebody who's not actually active anymore, but he is still active with wrestling in more of a writing role. It is somebody we've all liked. It is the monster Ryback. I'm kidding. <laughs> monster Abyss. So, of course, Hell yeah. big TNA legend, 
basically made one of my favorite all-time match that's all-time famous, the Monsters Ball match. That was kind of his match. That was his thing. This was a guy who could play many different roles, too, in wrestling. He was more than just a monster. Of course, he was famous with a big match, that, that brown, like, shirt overhang thing he wore. I don't know what exactly it's called, but he truly <laughs> lived up to his gimmick. And as a kid, I was honestly kind of terrified of him. I actually saw him in one of my nightmares. But as an adult, I went back, rewatched some of his old TNA stuff. Phenomenal as always. And for a big guy, he was actually solid in the ring. That's what people don't talk about. Then a few years later, he changed gimmicks into the Joseph Parks lawyer gimmick. Yes, dude, gold. A lot of people laugh at, but he killed that gimmick. So good. It was a business brother, wasn't it? Technically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His brother was a lawyer. That's right, yep. Yeah. Yay, remember he teamed up with he teamed up with the Jeremy Borash. Yeah, yeah to dude, take and on... he wore he wore an Adidas sweatsuit. Dude, he those two took on Josh Matthews <laughs> and Scott Steiner. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but um I just choked. <laughs> Always a great worker when he was wrestling. Killed his gimmick, solid in-ring worker. Nowadays, he of course is retired from in-ring professional wrestling, but he does have his hand in WWE stuff as he is a producer. And I've read a lot of extreme type stipulation matches this year. He's had his hand in a lot of them, so definitely a great extreme mind. So that's kind of why I like him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a legend, and uh, he's done a lot for uh, for Triple H and the team. So. Yep. I mean, obviously, uh, anyone who is supported by Triple H is someone that I also support. But um, but we're going to move on to mine. Um, I, you guys aren't going to see this coming, but I do want to uh, spotlight this person. So uh, my superstar spotlight goes to Prominence's Akane Fuchita. So for those that don't know what Prominence is, it's a new company in Tokyo, Japan. I believe they started last year. 2022 uh fujita is the real deal i'm very new to her work just been so impressed apparently she has a history of being in death matches with a really start strong technical game as well very underrated standing striker who is also the fanta size champion it's fanta ice champion um and has held that title for 715 days i know many listeners will not recognize the name or the company prominence but look out for Ken Fujita if you can in the near future. So that is the Superstar Spotlight this week. Awesome. All right. Oh, boy. This is uh, this is always puts a smile on my face. Are you guys uh, ready to roll? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. So I got, obviously, I always go uh, a little bit too in-depth with these um, intros. But let's get right into it. All right, everyone, it is now time for the continuation of the celebration of black and gold, the best pro wrestling brand in the industry's history. Today, we highlight the 10th edition of NXT TakeOver called The End, which took place June 8th, 2016 at Full Sail University in Winter Park, Florida. And let's talk about how we got here. On May 25th, we saw a cool vignette showing a masked man who took off that mask, uh, watching in front of Projector, they're watching Lucha Libre, being none other than Andrade Cien Elmas, 
a week later, it was announced that he would face Ty Dillinger at TakeOver. Can Dillinger put a stop to the hype almost has gotten, or will Andrade make his first statement in NXT? After losing the NXT Tag Team Tiles, Revival defeated 2.0, then cut a promo saying that they're putting the tag division on notice, even taking out the hype bros later on. On the other side, the champs are still red hot, defeating uh, Enzo and Cass, plus the team of Corey Hollins and John Schuyler. On May 11th, the Revival confronted the champs as the match was made official. Can the, Rev- can the Revival reclaim their titles and their status as the best tag team in NXT? Or will the American Alpha prove yet again that their match in Dallas is no fluke? After his five-star classic against Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura won three matches in a row to keep his momentum rolling. May 18th, he tagged with none other than Austin Aries to defeat Blake and Murphy. The following week, Aries made his claim that whoever wins the main event, he is next in line. Out comes Nakamura as the match was made official in a number one contenders match. Can the greatest man who ever lived upset the red-hot Nakamura, or will the King of Strong style continue to put black and gold on notice? After winning the NXT Women's title, Asuka got a singles victory against Eva Marie. After the match, having to steer down with the dominant force, Nia Jax. Nia faced a gauntlet, defeating Deanna Perrazzo, former NXT champion Bayley, plus winning a triple threat match, number one contenders match against Carmella and Alexa Bliss on May 25th. Contract was signed. We have never seen Asuka look vulnerable like this, so can Nia do the unthinkable or the legend of the Empress of Tomorrow keep rolling through the NXT Women's Division? After the most shocking result in NXT history on a house show in Lowell, Massachusetts, Samoa Joe shocked the pro wrestling world by defeating Finn Balor to become the NXT champion. Joe was obsessed with the title, so once he got it in his possession, he looked even more dangerous than ever. On the flip side, Finn Balor returned to NXT on May 11th, demanding a rematch. As weeks later, the match was made official, but with a stipulation, the first ever NXT steel cage match. After a series of brawls, personal shots, a fused as reached its climax. Needs a proper ending, obviously. Having a title change on a house show is a massive risk. But I did like how Finn needed to be on guard for 24-7, so it fit the story very nicely. Who will be the face of NXT as the story fits the moniker, The End? Also, please help me welcome the newest free agent signing to Black and Gold. Eric Young is entering the fray, who debuted on May 4th. And here are three matches that you will want to see. Alexa Bliss versus Tessa Blanchard on April 13th. Samoa Joe versus Apollo Crews on April 20th. And DIY versus the debuting TM61 on May 25th. Um, I do believe Samoa Joe also faced Alex Riley on May on April 27th, and that match was also a banger. Uh, Alex Riley in black and gold is really good. I don't know what happened. Um, but moving on, the official theme song is Karate by Baby Metal. What a banger that was. And 411 Mania gave the event a 7 out of 10, worse than WrestleMania 27. So mm. let's see if we agree. Are you guys ready? Yep. Really quick, I, I I still can't get over what Dylan doesn't see in Alex Riley's theme song. Just a hint. No, 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 no. Don't twist it. Don't twist it. I Alex Riley's theme song's a banger. You guys, however, picked Alex Riley's theme song to beat Mount Rushmore wrestling theme songs. It's you better, fucking man. dweeb. It is <laughs> not better than the game. The game is the GOAT 
wrestling theme song, and I will take that to my grave. No, I, I mean, I like say it to my face more, man. Yeah, I shut your mouth. <laughs> shut oh, your mouth. So good. It's so, uh, dude. I listen to it about fifteen don't, times. Don't, right don't after change me. the narrative and say, "Oh, Dylan's a hater." No, no, no. You just, you guys, ganged up on me and had that fucking song beat songs that we all know are ten times better. Is that no, man? Oh. I think you're just tripping, man. At this point, that but this, is, this is the biggest meme we've ever had on this show. I got a lot of positive feedback on that episode, so. Uh-huh. So, uh, not, not hey, maybe me. part two. Shut part your two going up. As long as it's it's not like a you know, oh, he won. Let's put him in the next hey. place. You guys can fucking do yeah. it again. Hey, maybe maybe say it to my face. We'll go against um either Ultra Bridge song song and win. Who knows? Oh. But um, dude, if that happened, if that beat Edge's theme song, dude, don't quit the show. <laughs> I'm already mad that it beat Triple H's theme song. All right. So, um, it's the end of the beginning, boys, as how they put it. Um, so let's get right into the first match. Ty Dillinger versus Andrade Cien Elmas, the former Azteca champion, seeing him without a mask against the very over Ty Dillinger. So let's get right into it. Solid start with chain wrestling. Dillinger is very quick. Never got enough credit for that. Working on the left arm, many reversals by these two as it ends with a basement dropkick. And we're starting off hot. Running Hurricane Rana. Hurricane Rana, Andrade was going to perform a suicida, but last second changed his mind to pander to the crowd. Loved the corner headstand into a springboard flip by Andrade, but was caught with a backbreak. <laughs> second rope moonsault by Cian Elmas landed on his feet, did a beautiful standing one for a near fall, tried the headstand again, but ate a nasty super kick to the face by Dillinger. Uh, goes for the tiebreaker, reverse into a cartwheel double knees by Andrade. Stanley Bulldog absolutely killed Ty Dillinger with the double knees in the corner for the three count as Andrade makes a great first impression. So listen, this went five minutes, so we're not going to give it a grade. Um, this was supposed to be, you know, the regular showcase match. You know, they bring the next person in, the next free agent to have a really good showcase match. But this was way better than that. This was very competitive for five minutes. Both guys were pulling out all the stops. The ring awareness by Andrade was on display as Dillinger was countering him every step. I get this didn't have a story, so they wanted the matches with a story to, you know, to be the vocal point here. And they did have a little bit less time um, on this one. I don't know if it was just because it was on full sale or I don't, you know, I, I don't really know what happened there. Um, but man, with a five-minute match, I thought this blew the doors off any expectations. I thought Andrade was, you know, going to dominate most of it. But this was – I thought this was really entertaining for, what, five minutes. Um, so management was stuck. Do you have this be an actual match? Or do you just give it the regular showcase match just in case because it does have a lack of story? So either way, yeah, you were kind of in a lose-lose situation. But in my opinion, I still enjoyed it. But uh, Christian, what do you think? Yeah, I enjoyed it too for the fact it was only – five minutes it didn't feel like mm-hmm. that long and ty dillinger i i like the gimmick i do but he could definitely he definitely was the only one that could take a loss like this in five minutes yeah as far because i actually researched the roster before i watched this just to kind of refresh i was looking through it like mm, i mean there's really not many gatekeepers here right now we're kind of past that era of nxt black and gold where there's no gatekeepers 
and I saw Dillinger's name, and I was, well, he hasn't done anything huge on the ones we've seen, so he's probably taken the loss here somewhere. And he did, and he take, took it to a debuting Andrade El Cien Almas, who I didn't know back in the day very well. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really know who he was until he came to the roster, but I assume he was a big deal coming out. Yep. Especially what you said about the debut, how he had the mask on, he had mask. Because you said he was always masked, right? Yes. Okay, so, I mean, usually unmasking and wrestling has always made a big deal. So, the fact he did it, I mean, he's coming in here and he's going to tear some shit up, probably. So, I mean, not much to say. Five-minute match, can only say so much. Definitely right winner. Andrade gets his NXT and WWE career kicked off the right way. In the uh, um, opening match slot. So, there's definitely plans for him in the future. I can already tell. And the crowd was on fire yep. for this match, too. They were they were really into that uh, perfect 10 gimmick. Uh, Dylan, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, this was everything it needed to be. Um, I don't think it would have made any sense for these guys to go out and put on a 25-minute intense yeah. match. There was no story. Um, this isn't, you know, something groundbreaking or brand new. I mean, we've seen this a lot on takeovers. Here's a new star. Here's a match. The only real difference here is, like like Christian said, there wasn't – no one on this roster at this point feels like the gatekeeper of NXT. You know what I mean? Uh, the ones that have been there for a while at this point, they're in, they're in meaningful feuds. It's not like they're just there. Ty Dillinger fit the bill. Perfect first opponent. They're going to put on a nice match, whether it be five, ten minutes, whatever. Um, and Almas had to come out and win. That was that was the only way to do this, and and they did fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we're not going to grade it, but I, I still thought it was a still a solid way to kick off the show. And I really, you know, it could have went second, but I had no problem with um, you know giving Almas that big spot, you know, coming out first. But um, but we move on. Whew, the American Alpha. Versus the revival for the NXT Tag Team titles. The challengers preach no flips, just fists. But will they be ready to take down the team that is ready, willing, and gable? <laughs> this story has been excellent. We're so excited for this one, so let's get into it. Quick tag, the Wilder takes down Gable and the beatdown is on. Commentary says Revival tried to out-wrestle American Alpha at Dallas. So their strategy is different this time around. Deep arm drag by Gable, uh, attacked to Jordan. Again, we're just on Fire, big chop to the mouth by Dawson. All four guys slug it out in the middle of the ring. Love the double ankle lock spot, and the transition to that spot was special. Using the ring curtain to his advantage, Dash tries to ground Jordan, but again, JJ using an amateur background to continue the momentum. Dash rates the eyes of Gable using any shortcut possible. Reversal schoolboy for a near fall by Gable. American Alpha clear the ring as the champions are just stupid over. Revival do a 3D on top of the rope, which was really cool. Uh, back to their style of wrestling, focus on the left shoulder, finding any possible target. Um, missed elbow drop by Wilder, but connects with a wicked spine buster. Uh, tag, love the double team uh, drop by the challengers. And again, the revival go after the injured left shoulder. Every opening was closed by Dash, but Gable locks in the arm bar through the ropes. Leg sweep, leg drop, spine buster combination for near ball. Gable escapes, I guess, to Jordan. And how great is he off a hot tag? Tossing the revival around the ring, shoulder tackle into the corner, but a clothesline into roll up by the challengers. The revival are just the ultimate bad guys, but Wilder hits a, a big drop kick. 
German suplex combination follows that with a near fall. This is awesome chant by the crowd. Ankle lock by Gable, but Dash takes Jordan off the apron. Revival go for a blockbuster, but Gable reverses into a really nice belly to belly for a near fall. Spear by Jordan, but out of nowhere, shatter machine. And shockingly, the Revival become two-time NXT Tag Team Champions. So if you were confused, let me explain. This decision was a little ridiculed, but and this may shock people, but uh, Christian, we are actually saying goodbye to the American Alpha from this series. Oh. Now, I don't know if they're getting that. I think Jordan went up right after. I don't know if Gable went up right with him, but um, I know Jordan is really close to going up. Um, I believe this also may have had a say in that decision. But then on the flip side, you could be like, well, the Revival were just too too red hot to not have the titles too, um, being just such good bad guys. The match itself was just a certified banger. So many great combination moves. The crowd's red hot. The ring awareness by these four are just off the charts. A lot of stories being told. Remember, they wrestled their style, worked the left shoulder of Gable. And did you guys notice as Gable at the very end Went to break up the last pin. He couldn't extend his arm because they worked on it all match. It was just super smart stuff as the Revival neutralized the hot tag of Jason Jordan, which is another big um, story here. It was just insanely great booking here by Hunter and the team. So, you know, they cut back to the American Alpha. You just can't believe what happened. And they are jumped by... Akam, Razor, the authors of Pain, who we just talked about, who are coming to buy Paul Ellering. So a lot of things to digest here. A lot of things happening. It's a great way to showcase these two, make a statement, and there's a lot of future plans maybe coming. So, Christian, we're going to start with you. One, what do you think of the match? Two, what do you think of the post-match? And three, what do you think about us saying goodbye to American Alpha? Yeah, well, us saying goodbye to American Alpha kind of changes everything i had to say <laughs> yeah gonna be honest because i was about to rip this one to shreds yeah so they didn't they didn't have a say on this one so okay that makes sense now i was really gonna come on here and blast triple h because it all it just feels like he loves playing hot potato with the tag titles but in this situation i mean you gotta do what you gotta do yeah now the match i think was everything i expected it to be and more um Please, somebody in here, name someone who does a better dropkick than Jason Jordan. Dude, his oh, is so good. Dude. The way Snoop he Dog. snaps off of it. Yeah, Snoop Dogg's got a good one, yeah. but that's good, Jason Jordan. He gets <laughs> elevation on that. Chad Gable, Chad Gable. We all know how he is. We love him. He and, I mean, this team just, it sucks they're going away, but match made in heaven, two amateur wrestlers, two guys who did all the wrestling Gable, of course, went to the Olympics match made in heaven and they got their shining moment winning these titles. They were super over, but the revival also coming into this night were very hot. So I guess either way with or without Gable and Jordan going up to the main roster, you could see it going either way. If I didn't know Gable and Jordan were going up to the main roster, I would say they should have won here, but now, I mean, they're going up. You got to give it to the Revival. But hopefully with the Revival, they keep the titles on them for a while. Because I hate how 
I hate how hot and cold Triple H is with deciding who he wants to have the tag titles. I say it the same thing with the main roster. I've said the same thing with NXT. It's very hot potato like. Now, the- yeah, he is not. He's he's just not afraid to make the the quick change when he says. I mean, whether we agree with it or not, but he's just not afraid to make the change. Now, the authors of Pain basically this, this was their debut, right? Yes. Okay, so them debuting and. One thing I caught on commentary, I think it's uh, Tom Phillips still yep. there, right? He he was all on because Paul Ellering came out. And he was like, "Who is that on the ramp?" And Graves did a great job explaining, like, Paul Ellering is one of the greatest managers of all time, historically known for being with great tag teams. It looks like he just found another one. I mean, it, it's all just it's all just great stuff. The storytelling goes. The match was great. The the end of storytelling was great. Sad to see American Alpha go, but hey, they deserved it to be honest. So, yeah, and the the revival got some pretty good stuff on the horizon, I must say, uh, Dylan. But um, what did you think of the match? Oh, the match is is I mean that's how you book a tag match. Yeah, I mean that's how you that's how you work a tag match. Great, great stuff um, from both these teams. I mean, it's kind of what we're used to, kind of what we got used to as well, um, even more so. The after the match stuff, I think, all made sense, and it sounded like Christian wasn't too thrilled about the revival winning until he hears the mm. full big picture. No, I wasn't. Look, call up or no call up, I think the right team won. Ooh, that's, okay, that's my take. Um, okay. And I don't, I don't view it a hundred percent as as hot potato. I get that they just won the titles, and yeah, like they're just now dropping it. But like takeovers are pretty decently apart. Um, yes, that, this one wasn't, but they usually are. Yeah. yeah, they usually are, but but for the most part, like going from takeover takeovers, usually what two and a half, three months at that point. Sometimes even longer. Um, yep. so it's like even if a team won the belt at a takeover, or someone won the belt at a takeover, and then dropped at the following one, well, they still got a three month reign. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think I think the right team won, regardless of 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 a call up or or not. Um. AOP debuting here. What a way to make your make yourself feel important. What a way to make that team feel important. Um, giving them that spotlight. Great debut. Great match. I I don't have any complaints whatsoever. I don't either. Yeah, yeah I don't either. Um, Dylan, we'll start with you on a grade. Uh, I'm gonna go four point two. All right, um, Christian, go ahead. Actually, really quick, one more point. See, my toxic trait so far in this Black and Gold series is um, I thought it was like the main roster where there was a takeover every, like, month or so. No, there's only about four a year. Yeah, there's like – Okay. They average, like, four to six a year, basically. Yeah. So, I, I got to keep that in mind. Man. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. my grade, I went a solid four. Uh, I actually went a 4.3. I thought this was an excellent tag team match. And um, let's, just, let's keep on rolling because uh, – but before we do, we cut the we cut backstage and Bailey wishing Asuka good luck before her match, potentially teasing something in the near future. Who knows? Keep that in mind. Wow, Austin Aries versus Shinsuke Nakamura, with the winner being next in line for an NXT title opportunity. Who <clears throat> who would have thought Nakamura would face Austin Aries in a WWE ring? That is wild times, guys. <laughs> um, 
King of Strong Style versus the greatest man who ever lived, as Ares thinks he's flying under the radar, thanks to Shinsuke. So let's get right into it. Quick note, Ares taped his ribs. As Graves said on commentary, he had zero news of him being injured uh, going in as the crowd is just white hot for Nakamura. And even uh, Ares got a pretty uh, decent chant as well. Nakamura going right after the midsection. Great chain wrestling as Aries works the left wrist. Cartwheel reversal by Shinsuke. Headstand reversal. Missed drop kick and we're dead even. Quick arm drag drop kick as Aries mocks Nakamura not backing down. Giant knees to the midsection. Foot right to the face multiple times by the King Strong style. Knee breaker. Leg sweep. Uh, kick to the back. Full on attack now by the greatest man, man who ever lived. Drop kick to the targeted knee. Uh, stomp to the face, flying elbow to the neck, full body beat down by Aries springboard splash. But Nakamura meets him with the elbow strikes. But yet again, Aries meets him right in his tracks, knees to the back, back stretch by a double. Loved how Nakamura was selling the knee drops to the back, leg crossing reverse cross face, but it's a reverse spinning kick. Aries goes. In a striking battle with Nakamura, and that is something you don't want to do because he lost that immediately because uh, Nakamura's strikes are one of the best that I have ever seen. Giant shot by Aries sounds like a gunshot. A knee strikes to the top of the head, rolling forearm into a diving elbow for a near fall. Aries gets lenient, gets caught with a choke hold, and eats these huge knee strikes. Uh, Miss Kinshasa. Uh, Aries reverses with that knee breaker, exploder suplex, last chance relocked in. Nakamura gets to the ropes, her can run up by a double, a double, tries that 450, but missed. Giant closed ear clap. These two battle in the apron, Enziguri by the King Strong style, uh, but a double hits a inverted Death Valley driver uh, on the apron. That was nasty. Um, and then, so he sets up. Uh, uh, Nakamura on the barricade goes for that like flying elbow he misses and oh my gosh that noise that it made him just going that barricade was awesome exploder uh, keen Sasha as Nakamura takes Aries head off for the win for those that didn't know why Triple H wanted Austin Aries well now you do he was absolutely sensational in 2016 but the match Oh, my gosh. I mean, dude, this match felt like it had a lot on the line. These two beat the hell out of each other. So physical with each spot having more aggression than the last. Again, a lot of stories being told as these guys balled out. So many dangerous spots. As Aries proved he belonged with maybe the best pro wrestler in 2016. Another thing, this match was so crisp. And as physical as it was, it's not the easiest thing to do. This was awesome. Um, Dylan, we'll start with you this time. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, on paper, this this looks like a dream match, and it 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 was it was it, delivered. it was great. Yeah. It delivered on expectations. I thought, um, did it live up to the Zayn Nakamura five star banger? I'm not gonna give it five stars, uh, but God, this is this was a lot of fun. Um, I honestly don't really have much to add. It was just a great pro wrestling match uh i like how they're showcasing nakamura here um aries looked like a million bucks as well too i mean this is like like you said who would have thought under the wwe (laughs) umbrella this match would happen not 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 me 
No, not, not me. me. Um, the strikes look stiff. Uh, Nakamura at the top of his game here. Aries, so fluid in the ring. Say what you want about the guy. He may not be a, a great person all the time, but he's an amazing pro wrestler um, and always has been. Um, so, yeah, just, just great stuff all around by these two. All right, Christian, go ahead. Yeah, uh, I always said that um, it would be really hard for Nakamura to top that absolute fucking banger he had with Zayn. This is pretty close. It's it's close, man. But, it yeah, is. This was, uh, this was pretty close. And um, that that that's one hot take you said, Kyle. Best pro wrestler in 216? I think you. I'm, so I'm looking at it, – it's, it's really odd that you say that. So I'm looking now at the PWI – for 2016, mm-hmm. guess who it was in 2016? Seth Rollins. Roman Reigns. Oh, my. Roman Reigns was better than Okada, Balor, Styles, Lethal, Owens, Nakamura, Zayn, and Rollins. That list is a fucking mess. <laughs> well, that's because Meltzer's on the fucking McMahon kiss my ass. Oh, and that was it. That was insanely good. Cena had a great year, and that was insanely good. Tatsuya Naito run. Oh, my God. And and Joe and Ref next. Go go on with your point. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, remember Rollins is uh, this year's number one. Just saying, uh, you know. I might have a different answer, but he's uh, he's definitely had a great year. But go on. Not, not like I, I told you both so, but uh, anyway, let's get back to black and gold here, shall we? Uh, yeah, still seeing Austin Aries in WWE just baffles me because <laughs> growing up seeing him in TNA, I was always like, oh, he's a TNA guy, he's staying there forever. Well, here he is in black and gold wrestling, <laughs> talents in the world at the time. On possibly, I'd say at this time is when black and gold starts picking up steam. At least, yes, big time. Obviously, from what I've heard from you guys, that we're nowhere near the greatness yet, and that's no, no, we're still in the rebuilding process. Yeah, and that, that's crazy to say because these takeovers have been great as is. So I can only imagine the future, but um, yeah, I mean, this was. This was everything I expected to be a more Nakamura, so clean with his striking ability. Just one of the greatest we've ever seen as far as striking goes. And he showed it again here. And he makes the, the Kinshasa just look so brutal. I wouldn't even want to, I wouldn't take one just because even if, you know, I'd be protected, I still wouldn't take one because it looks brutal. Yeah, and Aries sold it, too. Oh, sold it very well. Well, Aries has always been a top-tier seller. TNA, here in Black and Gold, he's always been one of the best sellers I've ever seen. I, I just like Austin Aries' demeanor. He's very nonchalant. Yeah. But he's very aggressive with his offense. So, this was a major showcase for him. Uh, Christian, would you give it a 5? Because I also graded this very high. I gave it a 4.6. All right, uh, Dylan, go ahead. Yeah, I'm at a 4.3. Ooh, I think that's a little low. I actually give it a 4.7. This was odd. Okay, so I, I do want to call Dylan out real quick. So you think the Fatal 5-Way Women's Match at Crown Jewel was better than this match? That's not what I'm saying. I, well, I'm you, going you off of, Listen, I'm going – no. You're well, – you're, you're taking this way out of proportion. Well, you said 4.5. Listen, and this I'm 4.5. comparing this to the last Nakamura outing we got. That is my criteria. What? Yes. I think I think 4.3 is high. How is that a bad thing? If I'm out here giving four okay, eights so all the you, time, it okay, makes it so less valuable. Okay, so if you were to pick both matches, 
you would rather watch the women's match more than this one. I, ju- is, I just no, want to get your no. answer. Those are on different criteria, different levels. What do you mean? Uh, they're, they're different criteria. What do you mean? Uh, I, what do you mean? What do I mean? All right. All right. Before the show gets blown out, just blown out of water. I, I, I see both your points, but I, I feel attacked on this show. That's what's happening. I do understand what Dylan is saying. It is completely different criteria. Fatal five way, completely different one on one. He's not saying this match was worse. I mean, yeah, the number grade says it, but he clearly has high praise for it. So he has high praise for it, but he would rather watch the women's match. Hey, the women's nope. match is great. Nope. Don't get me That's wrong. Not... The women's match Listen, was fantastic. You're asking me to compare something that happened, what, seven years ago to something that I just watched. No. Is on, it, on different on different scales, by the way. So, are, is it fair though to like put your opinion on this match with what we got? So, if you watched this match before the Zayn match, I'm would still your giving grade it. I'm still giving it to the Zayn match. No, I'd be right. So, these black and gold rehashes that we do, it's hard. Like, I have to like try and find the line of being in the moment. And comparing it to all of black and gold. Kyle, I'm going to be brutally honest with you. I forgot this match happened. Oh, I do too. Until I, re- <laughs> until, until we see what I mean. Like, like I remember, <laughs> I remember classics in NXT and I'm not saying this isn't a great match, but you want me to like, well, I'm not going to get it. I, I, I was one of four fives and up. For the classics. No, I just wanted to know if you didn't see the Zayn match first. So let's say this is your first Nakamura match right. in NXT. Would it still be a 4-3? Yeah, I'd be around here. But it might maybe higher. So you could be at like 4-4-4-5. Four, 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 okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's why I wonder. Uh, well, Christian, would you give it again? I, I gave it a 4-6, but I remember I, I did yeah, once I was, give the Young Bucks and FTR a 2.9. Yeah, this guy. This yeah. guy. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, my God. He also th- didn't like the Boneyard match. But, uh, st- no, he didn't. That match sucked. I'm sorry. He, oh also thinks, he also thinks Cody shouldn't beat Roman. He shouldn't. <laughs> oh, he my shouldn't. God. Get out of here. Okay. Get out of here. Why should he? He already lost. Well, we're going we off the a, rails. We have a lot of discussion going next week. But. All right. We got to get through TakeOver, boys. Um, I also gave it 4.6. I thought the match was absolutely awesome. You said 4.7 the first time. Oh, did I? Yes. Well, I'm getting 4.7 because I loved it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, Nia Jax challenges Asuka for the NXT Women's title. The video pack is showing Asuka with baby metal in the background. Ah, just perfect. Uh, this was a prove-it match for Nia Jax against someone with all the talent like Asuka. So let's, ge- let's see if she can deliver at NXT TakeOver the end. I did also like how they presented Nia as a legitimate threat. Asuka using her quickness to get away from Jax. Asuka going over, or sorry, going after the left arm, but eats a headbutt and gets tossed literally across the entire ring that ruled. Asuka knows she's in for a fight. Larry in the corner by half scorpion locked in by Asuka. Backbreaker by Jax. Notice how Nia took off some of her face paint of, of Asuka. It was just a complete disrespect like uh, Graves said on commentary. Love the suplex off the sleeper attempt. Also, the head kick by Nia was freaking brutal. 
Rolling reversal by Naya. Asuka goes for a triangle, but eats a buckle bomb hip attack, bending the spine of the champion. Naya has found a target, and that is the back. Asuka goes for a, a knee bar. Big kick to the face by huge spine buster by Naya. Missed leg drop as Asuka nails her with a flying knee. Naya gaining confidence, screaming at the champion. Multiple back fist hip attack for a near fall. Reversal powerbomb. Akaki covered by Naya gets caught with a, another armbar. Giant kick, kick to the face. So I think she did two kicks to the face. Naya just screams at her for more. Two more. So if, in total, four giant kicks takes out Nia Jax as Asuka retains the title. So let me say this. So Triple H had Nia do a lot of different sequences in this match. She rolled a couple times. She had sold differently in the submissions. Um, she put herself over a little bit more as a heel. And I'm going to be completely honest here. I thought she did pretty well in this match. Uh, you could see that she's still very green. But Asuka was able to carry her for a pretty solid match i thought they did a story with asuka being like an underdog babyface champion uh kept on fighting back naya getting this match made a lot of sense they didn't have really anyone believable because they had bailey do you know this whole injury angle so naya was probably the you know the best option at this point however this is going to be goodbye to naya jackson this series um i thought the match flowed well had layers in the I really like the finish. Um, I'm probably going to like it more than you guys, but uh, Christian, what do you think? I just don't give a fuck about Nia Jax. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I don't. Nia was great here, man. I disagree. I just don't care about her. She could go away. Stay away, Nia. She is She is gone from the series. Good. Thank God. Go away. From- she is gone from the series. Yeah, all I got to say is Oscar carried this match. Nia didn't. Oh, yeah. Next. So you're not going to like my grade, but uh, don't go on. I, to be honest, I thought the match was fine. Um, this was still at a time where Nia wasn't very good in the ring, dare I say. Um, so Asuka for sure carried. Um, but I thought it was pretty compelling for, for what it mm-hmm. – I guess, I guess the point that they needed to get across. Um, I didn't hate it. Clearly Christian did. I don't think I liked it as much as Kyle – I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine placement, easy way to make Asuka look, you know, like a million bucks, like they've already presented her as, and, and as they will continue to do so. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Dylan, would you grade it? Uh, I'm, at, I'm at an even three. All right. Uh, Christian, go ahead. I'm actually also at an even three, but all three of them. Whoa, my God. I actually gave it a three, four. I really liked it. So, uh, but moving on. We see a backstage interview with William Regal talking about TakeOver as he is interrupted by none other than Bobby Roode. Maybe he is uh, coming to us very soon, hint, hint. Main event time, Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe for the NXT World title and steel cage match. The beginning of the end, the final battle, end of an era, who's going to get the upper hand and which has been one of black and gold's greatest rivalries. And they have put a lot of stock into this. The presentation was flawless. Balor's paint was sick. Loved the aggression on his face before the match was started. Um, Joe was cool, calm, and collected, as always. A big fight feel. This is Austin chant by the crowd when the bell rang. And let's get into it. Big drop kick by the demon, but eats a giant chop in the corner by Joe. Back and forth we go. Giant forearms tries to escape, but Joe tosses Balor into the cage multiple times. Falls out with Enzo Giant kick. 
uh, drives Finn's head into the cage as it it's all Joe early. He throws Finn a face first in the cage German suplex as the demon has no answers. Both men climb the cage, but a jumping kick to the back makes Finn and Joe himself fall to the mat. Unprotected shots. Joe runs into the cage. High job kicks as Joe goes back first in the steel. Joe got kicked in the face, but he falls on the ropes or falls on the ropes. And then as he does it, Finn goes nuts first through the ropes and every guy does not want to take that spot. Slugfest in the middle of the ring. These men uh, battle on the top rope. Massive sling blade off the top. Balor somehow kicks um, out of a muscle buster. Joe says, I'm going to end you. That champ goes into the cage or goes into the cage twice, eats a sling blade. A uh, low drop kick followed by a coup de gras for a near fall. Goes for 1916, reversed into a coquina clutch, reversed into a standing double stomp by the challenger. Balor tries to escape, face first into the cage. Second rope, muscle buster, one, two, three, as Samoa Joe retains his NXT title and is the first man to defeat the demon Finn Balor. This was a war. Loved how they constantly tried to use the cage. These two obviously have great chemistry. Each strike had extra emphasis. The demon tried everything he could. Um, he tried to do everything that he did in the previous two takeover matches, but nothing worked this time as Joe was the one who had the final answer. I just love that storytelling aspect. Physicality, crazy spots, crisp wrestling. It's everything you ask for in a steel cage match. Loves really everything about this brutal title match. To close a chapter in which NXT they basically carried NXT black and gold for, what, a third of its existence. So Samoa Joe proved that he is the face of NXT as he slayed the demon. Medical staff tends to Balor. I mean, just how great did this make Joe look coming out of TakeOver? Yeah. Um, Christian, we're going to start with you. What do you think of the match? But what did you think of Triple H pulling the trigger of a title change at a house show? And adding to more the unpredictability that we're going to get in uh, black and gold. So the match was obviously amazing. Yeah. Stipulation match. So that adds bonus points for me. You know, I love a good stipulation match. I really, I really like the use of the cage here. Um, I felt like it was very well used. Nowadays, sometimes in cage matches in any company, really, it doesn't feel like it doesn't get used enough. So, Props to Triple H and the writing team here for allowing more spots than normal with the cage because that's that's what's for WWE, especially main roster from 2016 to 2022. Always just build the cage being there just to contain the superstars, and it's not really a weapon. And we we've seen multiple cage matches where the cage doesn't even get touched, which always irked me. So the fact that they use the cage here as a weapon, like it should be. Adds points for me, and that muscle buster off the second rope. Yeah, it was oh, freaking insane. I mean, there were a lot of moves in this takeover that I just wouldn't take. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't care how much. Well, if you pay me enough, I might. But I, I better be able to move my vertebrae or uh, have my vertebrae be functioning when I'm done taking them. So, but the match was great. Now, the title change thing. Personally, okay, I'm not a huge fan of it. Here's why. How often do you see a live event just anywhere? How often do you get to watch one? So, 
besides the people that were there, how did you know the title change happened besides seeing Joe pop up on the next episode of NXT? So they they tried to make it a big deal on social media. So yeah. that night, I remember Dylan and I were talking I back remember. and forth when this happened. We were like, dude, what? Because they, 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 they did a really good job marketing this decision, didn't they, Dylan? I mean, you can yeah. add to this. Yeah. So. Yeah, they, yeah, I remember social media blew up. And, and this was, you know, obviously social media is taking over the world, um, yep. especially at this point. And um, WWE just tried their best to steer into that and, and capitalize on, on that and the fact that everything you needed in, in your day-to-day life was at your fingertips, practically. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying about, well, title changes shouldn't happen on live events because no one sees them and they don't really matter. Mm. But why not make them matter? You know what I mean? I, 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 I think the risk is okay. And I think maybe WWE was kind of testing the waters of, like, do we want to do this with the WWE title or the World Heavyweight or, or whatever? Maybe not yet, but let's see how people react to it in NXT, kind of like as an experiment. Mm-hmm. I think Triple H is all for taking a risk. It was a risk. I I don't have any complaints about it uh, because we've kind of touched on this in the past of like, why does every big moment have to be at WrestleMania or SummerSlam? It makes it makes backlash feel less important. It makes it makes the bash feel less important. It makes all these other shows feel less important. Well, Christian in the same vein. Why have the title match at a live event if you know it's going to end in a successful retain? Why not pull the trigger and, and pull a shock on everyone? I, I, I think it makes those nights feel more important, even though they're not televised. I just, I, I've said this for years. WWE needs to get some streaming deal worked out for house shows if you want to put big matches on there. I mean, it, it's 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 all production cost at that point. Because I sit there, even in 2023, I scroll through my Twitter page, I see, you know, just an example, Seth Rollins faced Finn Balor for the world title at house show. Well, that would have been a good match to just sit down and watch. Yeah. Like, there are some matches that I go through and see on house shows, like, that should be a televised match. It shouldn't be happening on house shows. Now, yeah. in the defense... House shows, there's really no line of storytelling. It's more so just for... It, it's a pure entertainment. It's pure hour yes. of entertainment. So I get it why it's not televised, because really, a lot of them wouldn't make sense. Like, Seth Rollins, I believe, defends his world title like every house show, and it's against somebody new every time. Like, he defended it once against, like, Kofi Kingston at a house show. And it was like, why? And it was like, it's just a house show. Who cares? So, I, I get it. I do... I like the idea of a risk, but... I don't know. I just at a house show, little 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 questionable for me. But I don't a hundred percent hate it. Yeah, I thought it was that's... fine. Yeah. yeah so, Dylan, what do you think of the match? Oh, the match itself was great. Um, these two, I will say, maybe maybe this is a slight hot take. Don't know, but they've they've had better matches. Yeah. Um, yep. mm-hmm. but but this was still great, and I think it's I think it's due to the fact that it's. You know, like Christian said, the stipulations involved here, you know, being being a cage match. Um, so that's going to raise a little intensity alone. So it was definitely, obviously, a different feel than their previous matches. But I thought their previous matches were better. 
This is still a million bucks. I I like the idea of Joe retaining because it uh, again makes that title change on a house show not feel like a fluke. Um, and and pulling the swerve as beating the demon, which correct me if I'm wrong, hadn't been done at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, no, was this was the, the first time. Yeah, it was the demon's first loss. Um, so that's a big deal. Joe looks like a million bucks, and and like Kyle said, now it's now it's his show. Now it seems like his brand. Um, even though there's a ton of great names that he's about to compete with, the roster pool is growing. Uh, but it's Joe's show, pretty much, and they and they stamp that right here. Yeah. Um, what'd you grade out of five? <sighs> See, this is very hard because on paper. It's great. They've done better. Yeah. How does it compare to the rest of the night? I'm going to go with an even four. All right, Christian, go ahead. Yeah, I've also seen better. I went 4.2, though. So still very good. Just I've seen better from them, which. Yeah, I see. Uh, I give it a 4.3. I think their second match was my favorite match. That was so that would have been Dallas. Yeah. yeah. I think that was my favorite. This yeah, might I'm have with been you. second. This might have been second, and then the first, but the first match was still real good. These two can't have a bad match, is what no, I'm trying to say. No. Here. So, yeah. So they, I mean, uh, it was awesome. So, um, all right, Dylan. Final thoughts. Match of the night. Great out there. Yeah, my match of the night. I am going to give it to um, Nakamura and Aries. After all that fucking yelling, I'm still going to give it back <laughs> to the night. <laughs> um, we're getting into a very, very fun era of black and gold kyle knows christian you're about to learn all of these shows it's like instant classics and we're and we're getting into that era uh so i'm very very excited this this very much kickstarts that um and um we're on to this was the last full sale one right yes yeah so so now now takeovers from here on out are in big arenas yeah. And and all the, the, the atmosphere alone is is great. Full sale was great too, the intimate feeling. Um, but the shows are gonna get bigger, the, the crowd's gonna get bigger, it's gonna get a lot more fun. Perfect way to end the the full sale takeover yeah. era. Um, they still did the weekly shows at full sale, but but as far as takeovers, they were no longer doing them here. Great way to cap off a run. Um and the, I thought I thought the crowd was great too, so it added to it. Um, great out of 10. It was definitely better than a seven. Yeah, it's better than a seven. I think Dallas, I gave it around a nine, a high yeah, nine. Yeah, you gave it a nine three. Yeah, I gave it, I gave it a pretty high grade. Maybe even nine four. I it's mean, you were not, very high. Yeah, it's not Dallas. I'm going to go eight two. All right, uh, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, great way to kick off, basically. A lot of the OGs. Uh, from the start, um, obviously there's some more OGs that are no longer here, but there's mainly OGs here. Sprinkled in with some of the more future of Black and Gold, I'm sure. Um, I've seen better takeovers, not gonna lie, I've seen better, but this was still fun, still exciting to watch. Uh, better than events product, so that's good. As always, um, match of the night. Obviously, I got to give it to Shinsuke and Aries. Uh, no questions. That match ruled. Uh, Dylan likes the Fatal Five way better. But, you know, yeah. Shut up. That's cool. Um, yeah, my grade out of 10, 
We'll go eight point three. Yeah, I, I was I was right there at a, at a eight point three. Uh, my match tonight also goes to Aries Nakamura. So we talk about it all the time, but it really feels like this might be the biggest leap into the new era for black and gold. So think about it. We have Aries, Nakamura, Andrade, Bobby Roode, uh, Samoa Joe, Eric Young, Asuka, uh, Authors of Pain. One, two people who you're not seeing on takeovers, DIY, or red hot right now. It is a great time in NXT. It just feels different. And remember, change is not always a bad thing. When you initially looked at the card, maybe not the most impressive, but man, I thought they blew my expectations. Um, very impressive writing by the team. I think the first match did its job, even though it could have been longer, but it's still a pretty good showcase. Another step in the right direction for black and gold is we um, we're actually going back to the six match takeover the next one. So we've had a streak of five match takeovers or the next one is going to be six um, for only one event. So uh, only one will be the six and then we'll go right back to five. Um, We are going to end with one more new free agent signing. So Christian, please welcome to NXT black and gold. Ember moon enters the fray. So another great show as we are rolling into the next takeover, which is Brooklyn two. So, Mm -hmm. um, so uh, keep your eye out on that one. But um, that is it, my friends, for NXT TakeOver The End. Dylan, what's your dummy yeah moment of the week? All right, my dummy yeah moment of the week goes to a Facebook page that I saw this week. I believe it's called The 434. Um, and also to WWE Management. Mm. I guess it's like a half and half. So a report came out that WWE management was left scratching their heads because Raw did not draw the viewership this week that it did the week prior. They averaged last week 1.53 million viewers. This week they averaged 1.46, so a slight drop in viewership and a slight drop in the 18 to 49 uh, key demographic that everyone likes to talk about. Um, And this specific page references that Punk was not on last week's Raw. He's on this week's Raw, and he's heavily, heavily promoted. Is he not a draw? Uh, the company's left scratching their heads as to why did CM Punk not draw the numbers. Guys, what happened on Monday? Two that normally Monday doesn't night happen. football games. Not only two Monday night football games, but two one-score Monday yeah. night football yeah. games. So both games are competitive. The last hour of Raw never does that well, and it was the lowest portion of the show, obviously. That's when you're getting into the thick of these teams competing, and, and you know, since the games are so close, who's going to win, and, and blah, 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 blah. We don't need to talk about one of the games, um, but we know <laughs> the Titans pulled a big upset. Good for them. Yeah, my um, well, well, No it. other upsets happened. No other upsets nah, happened. I didn't see one. Oh. Today. Um, but regardless, I do want to bring up a point. I looked up the ratings right before we started recording, breaking it down hour by hour. Punk, like I said, kicked off hour two. Do you guys want to know which hour was the most viewed? It, for it was Night Punk Raw? Rollins had, was the most viewed segment. Exactly. So this, this page saying that Punk isn't um, a draw, his hour, his segment was the highest rated of the show. Well, 
You also have to think viewership is just, viewership yeah. being you know, go ahead. Yeah, v- viewership being down, they had to compete against two NFL games, yep. <laughs> two one score NFL games. People forget that whenever they mm. they shit on raw viewership or, or SmackDown viewership, they for whatever reason ignore all the other major sports that are going on at the same time. They're like, oh well, well SmackDown had down viewership, and then it's like, oh well. You know, the fucking Bucks faced the Lakers. Of course they had down viewership or whatever. Oh, well, Raw's on down viewership. Well, they had two Monday Night Football games to compete against. Like, it's just, I just, I don't get, I don't get these marks, my friend. Yeah, but that's all. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And I, I mean, if you take the rings out of it, I mean, CM Punk is doing very good in merchandise. He's doing very good he leaves, on social He leaves media. merchandise, right? I, I still think Cody is one. Well, LA Knight was one. Let let me let me look at it because you keep talking. I'll look. Yeah, so Cody uh, actually, I think, broke the record for like either Raw or House Show and the most merchandise sold ever. So I did, and Christian really doesn't think this guy can should be anyway. Um, But um, yeah, I mean, viewership is a thing that people love to talk about. Um, Punk is a draw. Seth Rollins is a draw. So I mean, there's nothing really. To, I mean, it's not just CM Punk. You know, Seth Rollins is right there with them. And I thought these two had a great exchange. Um, a very serious Seth Rollins is the best Seth Rollins. Um, and um, I, I was very impressed by these two, with ratings aside. So I really liked the segment. Yep. Christian, you have thoughts? Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, it's really weird. A lot of, like, some people have a thought that wrestling fans only watch wrestling. Like, they, they don't watch anything else other than wrestling. I don't know why people think that. But, you know, there's Packers fans out there. There's Giants fans out there that probably do watch wrestling. But their teams were playing on Monday night. And I, I'm sorry, but the one time the Browns played on Monday night this year, I watched them. I didn't pay attention to Raw. Like, you can watch you can watch more than just wrestling to the people who don't know. I'm a fan of a lot of sports. I watch a lot of different sports. Doesn't mean, like, I'm a lesser wrestling fan if I choose to watch a sport one night over a Dynamite, a Raw, or a SmackDown, or whatever. Yeah, and it, doesn't, it definitely doesn't mean that CM Punk's not a draw. No, and I don't think I don't think that was the angle when I was talking about viewership. You look at the wrestling fan base, and then you look at just the overall mass that enjoy the NFL. Oh yeah, like Raw with with out of football season is only getting about two million viewers. Yeah, yeah two one. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm just I'm just saying them getting 1.5 is pretty on par during NFL season when lackluster games are drawing 15 million people. Did you guys know that last year on a random SmackDown that Braun Strowman versus Chad Gable pulled almost a 2-9? Wow. I know I don't know <laughs> what happened before that. I don't know what happened after that. I don't know what angle they were doing. But that was, like, one of the highest-rated things in, like, WWE in the last five years. So, hey, shout to my man, Braun Strowman. But, um, all right, uh, Christian, go ahead. 
boy. So, <laughs> this is a dumb one, but it's funny. Mine goes to uh, Vince McMahon. So, God. Corey Graves was on... Kyle, you might have to help me out with the name because I didn't catch the name. But yeah. What Kurt Angle show is? Is, okay. it, is it just the Kurt Angle show or what? It's something like that. Okay, it, it's like his podcast that he does. And um, it, this is perfect timing because we're right around Christmas. He was talking, Corey Graves was talking about one of the few like years where I was going live on Christmas. And um, before like the show, they always talk out the intros, how they want it done and stuff. And I guess Vince and Graves' ear said, you know, I, I want you, you know, when Michael Cole does his cue of welcome to Monday Night Raw, all that stuff, he said, I want you to say happy holidays. Well, they get to the intro, and my Cole does, hey, everybody, welcome to Monday Night Raw, happy holidays, you know, all that stuff. And Corey Graves, you know, does his spiel and says, and of course, Merry Christmas. So Vince yelled at Graves in the headset as the camera was facing Graves. He said, God damn it, I said to say happy holidays, not Merry Christmas. And he yelled at him while the camera is on Graves at the time. And Graves looked like, he said he looked like a deer in the headlights. And he was just like, he felt so bad because he said the wrong thing. And Vince screamed at him for it. That's so. a, that's just the kind of person that he is and why we have preached on this show since the beginning of this show that uh, we don't want him anywhere near the show. My my one thing I want in wrestling is I want Vince to be completely gone. And I want to see what WWE does with the booking with him just totally gone. Hopefully you get that one day, but uh, it just shows what kind of person that he is doing. Yeah, I mean, so many stories have come out about Vince McMahon micromanaging backstage. I mean, he basically talked for Michael Cole for so long. And, I mean, you could just hear the difference with Triple H in the headset as opposed to Vince McMahon in the headset. Just listen to Michael Cole call matches. Yeah. You can, you can hear a difference when they're not being yelled at all the time. So, I mean, yeah. that should be evidence enough. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're going to go to mine. So obviously Vince will get half of mine. But the other goes to TNA. Oh, so I talked about their Snake Eyes event last week, and it was announced that Will Ospreay will take on Josh Alexander, which will be absolutely sensational, by the way. Um, on the other hand, it was announced that Okada, will team with the Motor City Machine Guns to face Brian Myers, Moose, and Eddie Edwards in six-man tag action. So listen, for those who are not aware, New Japan Pro Wrestling does a lot of these six-man tag matches. It's like a stable of theirs. It makes sense. But bringing someone like Okada to just kind of throw him in a random tag match, to me, was not the smartest idea. Um, If... I would have done a singles match. Now you've obviously, you know, you could have done Alexander, but you already had it with, um, with, with Osprey. If you want it, you know, if, if he's could be healthy, what about a guy like Steve Macklin? I think a guy like Steve Macklin could really benefit from someone like Okada. Um, <laughs> but the six man tag match for me, is just kind of underwhelming in my opinion. And um, they could have just kind of done a lot better with that, but uh, don't we think. I mean, what a 
to be honest, when I saw it, I said, what a waste. Yeah. What a waste. Mm-hmm. Um, you have one of, if not the best wrestler on the planet, um, walking into your promotion saying, hey, give me a big match. And you're like, how about this, this tag match that's going to go in the middle of the card? Um, as opposed to what could easily be a main event show stealer against a guy <laughs> like Alexander. Um, which is, I think, to me, was the only match you could have done. I like God honest, and I'm not trying to like take shots at the TNA roster. There's a lot of great talent there, but the match I wanted to see was Okada Alexander, and you know, whatever. Yeah, but uh, Osprey Alexander will still be great. Oh no, that'll be fine. I'm not. I'm not gonna dog that. But I wanted Okada Alexander. Um, I wanted. Who did I say last week? I wanted Osprey to face. I think I just wanted a rerun of of Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. But but you know, I'm sure I'm sure the match will still be fine. Yeah. But it it definitely was a bit of a letdown. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. No. The 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 match the match be fine. Um, Those are six capable workers, I think. But yeah, I mean, you got one of the best wrestlers on the planet, and you don't have a singles match for him. Yeah. Off the top of my head, hell, I'd rather see Eddie Edwards versus Okada. This yeah, I think Eddie could benefit from that, too. Yeah, I think that'd be a lot better than to face off in a six-man tag. Or even, fuck, what would you think about this? Okada versus Ace Austin. Yeah, Ace. Um, I, I do think there's, you know, the, I, I, I said Steve Macklin because he also kind of, you know, works a physical style. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I do think you know you want to talk about a guy you know coming from WWE, coming to TNA and facing a guy like Okada. I think that would be big for him, but I just don't think this was the way to do it. But um, I think the match will deliver, obviously. Also, but, um, yeah. Also, did you catch that Kenta signed with TNA? I did. So yep. Kenta is a TNA bound. That's a good signing. For so, me. so uh, that yeah. Wait, was it? I thought it was Kushida. Or yeah. Yeah, it's Kushida. Yeah, Kushida, not Kenta. Yeah, when, when you say Kushida, I was like, yeah, it was like, wait, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no. yeah Kushida. That's a great yeah. signing for them. I'm tired. I'm sorry, I'm tired. It's been a long week. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's been a long week, and we're up late. But um, Dylan, what are we doing next week? And guess out here. Well, Kyle, I know you don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I know. Been a, it's been a long few weeks. Yes, it has. Bear with me. <laughs> but so the schedule has changed. So you know, I I can't blame Dylan uh, too much for this. So next week, we are actually doing a Road to WrestleMania show. So every conversation, every side conversation that we had tonight, that is going to be the place for it. So my idea for this was, we are all going to mock up our WrestleMania predictions. We're going to have a full card, seven matches night one, seven matches night two, and we're going to talk about, like, each division, like, you know, the mid card, the women's, you know, main cards, the tag teams, the, you know, the the men's world. Um, so we're going to break everything down and how we get there, maybe even do our Royal Rumble predictions at this point, maybe a surprise um, episode there and maybe who could show up but uh, everything road to Wrestlemania is next week and I think that could be a fantastic dis- uh, discussion yeah yeah road to Wrestlemania next week we've got I believe the awards the, the week awards, after yeah so the awards will be announced 
tomorrow. Oh, boy. Sunday. <laughs> so, Sunday yep. night. Be on the lookout. I got a lot of work to do, but um, I think I've got a really good start. So, uh, I'm very excited for these to come out. But, um, yeah, uh, Christian, any thoughts before uh, we head out? Hey, we did this road WrestleMania thing last year, and it was a lot of fun. So, looking, looking forward to the first full-on Triple H WrestleMania. Yes. So. Uh, one quick thing before we head out. So, I, I've talked about this guy all the time, Boozer on Twitter. Boozer666, please do go follow him because he has a legit source. He was the one that called Punk. He is saying Mercedes Monet will be at Royal Rumble. So, he was right about Sam Punk. Let's see if Mercedes and Dylan, he also said that Okada the WWE might not be a fantasy anymore. So, there's, you know, he could be dead wrong on all this. He could be dead wrong, but yeah. um, it's going to be a very good discussion for next week. But uh, we will catch everyone next week, and we're on the road to AEW's World's End. Yep.